Let's turn to the book of Romans this morning, Romans chapter number 10, Romans chapter number 10. Already, I'm certain you've been blessed uh, in the service by the music, by the uh, testimony of the missionary today. And I look forward to what God has for us in the Word of God. I do I know that we're a little bit behind where we normally are. <clears throat> and I won't keep us any longer today uh, than we are normally here. And, but I do want us to look this morning at Romans chapter number 10, <clears throat> beginning with verse number 1. And I'll just read one verse of Scripture this morning. We look at Romans 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. In one verse, you get the burden of the Apostle Paul. In one verse, we get the summation of what his heart's desire was, uh, why he did what he did, why he preached the message he preached, why he endured the afflictions he would endure, because it was his heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. This morning, I want to preach this simple subject. Paul's burden should be our burden. Paul's burden should be our burden. Father, I pray that you would use the time remaining as we consider what has been preserved in Scripture for us today. Uh, What a challenge that we have already received this morning in the Sunday school hour. And certainly hearing the heart of the missionary this morning about this nation, this people who were so lost without God. Father, may it speak to us today as citizens of this great nation who you've blessed, not just for decades, but for centuries. Father, may we be reminded that without God, uh, without you, uh, we're not much different. And Father, I pray that the message would speak to our hearts this morning, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. A simple verse that if you've read your Bible, uh, you've been saved any length of time, you've read it certainly, uh, you've made note of it perhaps, but there's more to it that is on the surface as we read in this verse of Scripture, this summary, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul uses this letter to the Romans to rebuke those who would push a false salvation. He battled many times, and you read the book of Acts, you read how many times there was a conflict between the Apostle Paul and the Jews, the Pharisees, the Judaizers, the religious. And Paul, he didn't hold back in his rebuke. Paul told it like it was. Paul was very straightforward, and certainly there was much that needed to be said. But when it all came to it, at verse number 1 of chapter 10, <clears throat> in addition to his straight talk, in addition to him speaking on behalf of God, in addition to the rebuke that would take place from the Apostle Paul, Paul reveals his heart concerning his people. His one desire, as he writes here, was not a political revolution. His one desire was that his people, that that Israel might be saved. Why would Paul endure prison? Well, certainly it's because he wanted to be in the will of God. He wanted to honor God. But what was it in the time when his 
when his flesh would tell him that he didn't have to go this far, when his, when it, when his confinement would tell him that you don't have to be so extreme, Paul never lost his burden for the fact that he wanted his people to be saved. He knew that the hope was in Christ. And friend, as we think of Paul's burden this morning, may we share in that burden when it comes to our people, our land. Those of you who are members here, you know that I have a love of history. I'm I'm very well versed in in our history, and certainly I understand uh, the greatness of our nation, and that greatness is found in a faith and a belief in God. You can't deny that our nation was founded on Bible principles by, by, by Christian men with the idea that liberty comes from God. There's a lot wrong with our nation. There's a lot of problems that we have, and I believe every Bible-believing preacher has a responsibility to stand behind their pulpit and say, Thus saith the Lord. We as Christians, we should take the stands that we ought to take, and as as used the term, the phrase, red-blooded Americans, there are some things that we ought to be appalled at. There are some things that we certainly should speak against. Uh, There's a way that we should vote. But when it all comes down to it, all of that is just rhetoric if we don't have the same burden that Paul had. Political Facebook post has never saved anybody. Paul's desire was for his people to be saved. I wonder what would happen if all who named the name of Christ had the same burden that Paul had. If they had the same desire that Paul had. With just a few moments that I have, I want to look a little bit deeper into this verse this morning, and I think it will be very revealing to us, and I want us to search our heart this morning. Let me make statement number one. We find here in this verse, we find an honest evaluation of the condition. As Paul states, his prayer and desires for Israel to be saved, there had to be an honest evaluation of the condition. There was a need of salvation. Friend, we need to be reminded that America and all of its greatness in, a, in, a, in America with all of its problems, and I still would say I believe America is the greatest nation on the planet, and I'm still thankful that I am an American this morning, <clears throat> but we need to be accurate in our evaluation of our country. It needs salvation. <clears throat> it needs Jesus Christ. America needs to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. It needs a spiritual awakening, a spiritual revolution. Paul was speaking to the fact that there was false religion, there was man's religion, there was that idolatry that they were all depending on, and that is why he was commissioned by Christ to preach of a risen Savior. You must look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is by grace. And friend, if there's not an honest evaluation, and how many times did those Jewish people, even when the Lord spoke to them, and you see the Apostle Paul in conflict with them, they would refuse to be honest. We do need a Savior. The law is not good enough. 
And friend, until we have an honest evaluation in our nation, we're not going to see salvation. The problem in our nation is sin. Romans 3.10 reminds us that there is none good. That even means Republicans. We need Jesus more than we need a political party. Matter of fact, if we're going to be very honest and have an evaluation, your evaluation this morning, what do you have a greater desire for? What do you long for more? Do you long more to get a Republican in the White House than you do for America to get to its knees and realize its need of Jesus Christ? If you can evaluate and say, I have more of a passion for a political change than a spiritual one, then we do not share the same burden, the same heart as the Apostle Paul. Boy, it ought to be in our heart as an American today. My heart's desire is that America is saved, that America comes to Christ. That'll do greater things. Friend, if that happens, it won't matter who runs for office. It'll be the right one. But I'm afraid that our heart is not in the right place because we're not willing to do an honest evaluation. I'm thankful that this couple, as many others, is willing to go to another country and take the gospel. I'm thankful that they're willing by faith to do that. That stirs my heart. But let me ask those of us who God has not called, can we even relate to Romans 10 verse 1? Can we even understand on any level what Paul writes when he says, my desire and prayer to God is that Israel is saved, that that might be saved. Can we even understand that when it comes to our nation? If we're honest, generally speaking, as the church, the typical church and the average Christian, I would question the fact of whether or not we're willing to make an honest evaluation that we need Christ. We find here in his statement, we find an honest evaluation Friend, you and I need to quit waiting on a red wave and be praying for revival. We need to carry the burden of revival in our heart like Paul had a burden. He said, my prayer for Israel is they might be saved. There's a second thing that I see this morning that might be a help to us. And I see this. Paul never forgot how salvation changed him. Boy, it's sad that in our nation we see the vile things we see. They're not in the back alley, they're, in our, they're taught in our public schools. They're not in the back alley anymore, they're on primetime television. They're not in the back alley anymore, they are legislated by a reprobate government. And if you don't fall into that category, you're labeled the problem. I don't like the vileness that we see. I don't, I don't like the wickedness we see. And I don't like those parading in their pride, their abomination to God. I don't like to see any of that. But maybe we don't have the heart that Paul had because Paul never forgot how vile he was. He never forgot how he murdered Christians. He destroyed lives. He destroyed homes. And when he met Jesus, that changed everything. 
When he met Jesus, uh, that he was washed as white as snow. When he met Jesus, yes, the most vile of the vile could be saved. And friend, as we see all the things in our nation that we don't like, uh, that we don't agree with, that are against God, against good, friend, in our stand, may we realize that there's got to be a heart for our world to be saved. Because let me tell you what will change the hearts of those that are vile. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's salvation. It's being confronted with the truth that we are all sinners and on our way to hell. But for the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, in trust, in what he did on Calvary, that can change any heart, that can change any life. You can't legislate righteousness, but salvation will bring it. He, he never forgot what happened to him when he got saved. Well, let me ask all of us this morning, if you're saved this morning, have you forgotten what salvation does? I'm afraid we've been distracted as God's people the last few years. I'm afraid we've been distracted from what the, cause, what the purpose of the church is. As Christians, we're supposed to be a witness. Well, what was our burden this morning? See, Paul never forgot, never got over his salvation. More important than voters changing their party affiliation is America changing their eternal destination through Christ. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Why aren't you thankful you're saved this morning? Church didn't change you, Christ did. Church helps you, but Jesus is what changed you. It was a man-made religion that cleansed you of all unrighteousness. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. May we be reminded this morning, Paul never lost sight of it. May we be reminded that the same salvation that will change us will change those around us. I know what somebody might be thinking. Pastor, it's pretty wicked. Yeah, it was. The people are pretty vile. How vile do you think Paul was? He's about as vile a man as you could be. Jesus saved him. Used him. Well, I, I see in Paul's declaration here of his heart's desire and prayer, we see a man that never forgot how salvation changed him. Let me make the third observation as we move quickly. It revealed a compassionate heart. I'm going to be very blunt and shocking to you when I say this. And I don't want you to just reject it when I say it because I believe it to be true. The reason why that America is in the condition it's in because there's too many Christians, they just don't care. They just don't care. Too many that claim the name of Christ but just don't care. Oh, you say, Pastor Neil, how could you say that? I went to the rally. How can you say that? I voted. Do all those things. I don't care. But friend, that's not going to change America. See, my, my heart's desire is not for it to be red. My heart's desire is for it to be Righteous. That my, my, my country might be saved. They might turn to Jesus and say, Pastor, there's a lot of saved people. There are. What's missing? 
the heart of compassion that we see in Romans 10 verse 1. My heart's desire and prayer is that Israel might be saved. Well, you can't pray that prayer. You can't live that prayer. You can't endure the affliction that comes with preaching that Christ has risen from the dead. You can't endure that without having a heart that says that people need the gospel. My people need to be saved. And quite frankly, we need a generation of young men and young lady who, ladies who will put down the American dream and pick up the passion in their heart that says, I want America to be saved. I want America to be righteous. I want the people I work with to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I want the people down the street to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Quite frankly, we're in the position we're in because... Some people just don't care. It reveals a compassionate heart. You can't have compassion without being unselfish. Well, Pastor, I, I, know, I, know, I should have known you were going to get on that. I, it's not in my notes, so I'll just blame the Holy Spirit for this. But I'm not called. Have you been watching the news? You need a call? Have you not looked what's coming down? Not a generation from now. Before the year's end. And you need a call to surrender for your, your country, for your nation, for righteousness, so that they might be saved. I want to do what I do to honor God. I want to please Him most of all. But let me tell you, I do want my country to turn back to God. I do want to see revival in our nation. I do want to see righteousness elevated in our country. How is it going to happen? Well, people have got to be born again. People have got to get saved. People have got to realize that Jesus is the answer. No, it's not a church that's going to change them, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ that's going to change them. And we need America. We need to rise up and we need to make sure that we're registered to vote and we do all this. I'm not disagreeing with that, and you should. But how about God's people saying, I got this burden for my nation to be saved. So, Pastor, we're too far gone. Maybe, I don't know if I'd ever see it in my lifetime. Maybe my grandkids could. Somebody's got to care. Somebody's got to have some compassion. Somebody's got to be willing to pay a price because their heart dictates that. And I say number four. I see a heavenly petition. Brethren, my heart's desire in prayer to God. For Israel is that they might be saved. Anybody, be, anybody been frustrated about what's going on in our, in our country over the last hmm, 16 months? Sometimes we like to vent that frustration, don't we? We've all been there. And say, I, I'm, I'm going to write my senator. Do it. I've written, I've written our senators. I'm going to write our governor. Do it. I do it and just say, good job. <laughs> well, I, I'm going I'm I'm to make, and you get frustrated, and, and it makes us feel better to, to post something. Or it makes us feel better to, to vent to a, a like-minded individual. 
I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm not saying necessarily this morning we shouldn't do that. But let me tell you, there is a petition that the Christians ought to be making that I'm afraid we're not making enough of, and it's the heavenly petition that Paul made. I'm not saying it's, I mean, we enjoy talking politics. We enjoy talking all these things and the things that are taking place. And hey, this ruling came down and it is a wonderful thing. Praise the Lord for that. But when is God's people going to get back on their knees and pray to an almighty God for a move of God? When is somebody going to say, I'm be burdened enough to pray for my nation and ask God to forgive the sins of our nation and ask God to give us a little more grace and a little more mercy? Where are those who are going to pray for the laborers that'll go forth not just around the world but in our own nation who's going to pray for the prodigal to come back to God that would benefit our nation don't you think who's going to pray for the lost soul to be saved and Lord work in their heart allow me to be a witness we all get frustrated and make petitions to one another pastor can you believe what's going on what do you think well this is what I think but at the end of the day I can't do nothing about it But do you know who can? God can. I wonder what would happen. And friend, I'm preaching not just to you. I'm preaching to me as well this morning. I wonder what would we take all of this frustration. And if we would vent it upward in prayer of compassion, I wonder what it would do. This is my message this morning. I have pointed out Paul's burden should be our burden. There's got to be an honest evaluation. The problem is not political, it's spiritual. We need Christians to remember that salvation will change people. That's what salvation is. It's change. That salvation comes through Christ. We must have a compassionate heart as Paul's is revealed, no doubt, and his, he took that petition to God. And Now, by the way, that he didn't just take that petition and pray and, and that relieved him of all obligation. He prayed for the open doors so that he could walk through and propagate the gospel. He prayed for power as he would give the gospel. He prayed for provision. He prayed for how many times in the letters that Paul, the epistles that Paul wrote, do we, are we reminded of his prayers for those people and the prayers for those, those churches. And friend, we don't know what the prayers of God's people will do in our own nation, but we've got to pray those prayers. This morning, these are some, I think, accurate and helpful observations from Paul's statement in Romans 10, verse 1. I think we can see Paul's burden. There's one word I want to leave you with. And then we'll conclude, we'll go to invitation. I want you to look at verse number one again. I want you to look at that first word. Brethren. Who was Paul speaking to? Brethren. Friend, we have to... God's people has got to quit waiting on a politician. Why don't we just say to one another this morning, brethren, 
my heart's desire. Why would Paul write that verse? Obviously, he was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when he wrote it. But I wonder what it did in the heart of somebody else to hear the Apostle Paul say, my heart's desire, my prayer is that Israel might be saved. I wonder what would happen if our passion was, and this is a soul-winning church. This is a church that's been about the business of God for not years but decades. But friend, you and I need to be reminded that we have a responsibility. Brethren, do we have the heart that Paul had? Oh, I, I, have, I have a desire. I want, I want America to turn back. I, and I know I keep, I keep beating this horse. It's not dead yet or I'd stop beating it. There's too many Christians waiting on somebody political to save us. But our faith and our hope ought to be in Almighty God. And if we want to do something for America, then we need to get God's attention. We, we, need, we need his blessing. We need his intervention. We need a heart of compassion. We need to be willing to do what we're supposed to do so that others might. And truth of the matter is, the reason why so many times we're not a greater witness is because our testimony will not allow us to be. If we're not as faithful to the house of God, the word of God, the things of God, we're not going to have the heart that we should have to say, I want my nation to know the lord what a sad day i was as my as my mother was coming home from the as she was home from the hospital i called her yesterday as i was running some errands and making some visits and had about a 20 minute conversation we were just talking about my as the visits came up and talking about some of the differences today and yesterday and and i, and I told her where i was driving and she talked about how many times she had knocked on those doors in that area and been soul winning in those areas and we commented how things are different a little bit different society is different Everything's different now and how, how things have changed. But friend, Jesus is still the answer. Salvation is still the thing that's going to make the difference. Oh, we as God's people, we've got to have a desire for our nation to be saved. And we both made the comment in that conversation. What was once rare in speaking and talking to people is becoming too common. And the fact it was a rare thing, you would go years or you could say, this happened to me one time. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? And somebody would say, I don't know who Jesus is. I've never seen a Bible. That was news before it's common now don't christian this is a sobering message for all of us too long god's people have aimed their frustration at those without christ when it's our responsibility to take them christ I don't understand why we get frustrated at lost people for acting like lost people. Why is this like getting frustrated because 
Your husband acts like a man. He's just a stubborn man. You don't really have to say stubborn before man. That's just implied in the word man. Like, babe, it's been 25 years. You still act surprised at that. It's, we look at our nation. I can't believe this is... Well, how bad do you want to see it changed? Brethren, are you willing to have on your prayer list every single day? You have a schedule in your day where you stop and you go to God. Not just on what you need for that day. Not just for what your family needs for that day. But for your nation. Brethren, has your heart gotten cold? Have you got over what God's done for you? He changed you when he saved you. Have you gotten too callous? And just, well, these people can't be helped and our nation can't be helped. Friend, Jesus is the difference. What have you? Just thrown up your hands and said, there's nothing I can do. It's too far gone. I'll just live out my days. Or is our heart's desire? Brethren, I've pointed out several things today that are very obvious in our nation, very obvious from what we see. My question to us as we conclude the service and go to invitation this morning is, brethren, what are we going to do about it? Is Paul's burden your burden? I understand Paul was an apostle. I understand. See, I, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be to have the burden that Paul had. You know, I've, I've often looked at what goes on in our state and in our own city and say, I wonder if the righteousness of our church can allow our city to be blessed I believe that what's the hope for America oh the midterms are coming I, 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 I don't not pay attention to it I, and, and, and don't assume anything and I think you ought to vote well pastor my vote's not going to matter well vote anyway you know vote four times I don't care just, 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 just do it That's not going to do any good if our heart's desire and our prayer is not for our nation to be saved. Friend, the responsibility is on you and I. The invitation this morning, the purpose is very clear. First of all, know for certain that you're saved on your way to heaven. For sake of the invitation and the close of the message this morning, there's only two types of people. There's saved and there's unsaved. I don't know the heart of every man, but let me tell you who does. God does. You need to make sure that you're saved. But if you're saved this morning and you can look back in your life, you look back at a time when you put your faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone. Friend, I want to challenge you this morning as I have been challenged from this same verse. 
Is my burden the same as Paul's burden? In just a moment, we're going to stand at our feet. We'll do things a little bit differently this morning, but this is what I want out of the invitation. If you need to trust Christ, we all stand. The instruments begin to play. I want you to step out of the aisle. I want you to come down, greet one of the men, let somebody show you from the Bible how you can be saved. Don't leave the property today without getting that settled. Well, Pastor Neil, you don't know what I've done. I promise you, you didn't live as vile a life as the Apostle Paul did. Jesus will save you if you want to be saved. But brethren, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we sought the Lord this morning and we were honest with our own heart condition? Maybe there's some things in our heart that we need to get right with God. Maybe the Lord's the Spirit of God has spoken to you through the missionary this morning, spoken to you through the message this morning, through the song this morning, however He has spoken to you. Maybe do an honest evaluation of our heart. It wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if God's people together went to God this morning and said, God, would you give me the same burden for my nation? that Paul had for Israel. Now let me warn you, before you pray that prayer, you may have to lay down something. You may have to remove something from your life. You may have to alter your schedule a little bit. You may have to redo your budget so that there's money there to be used for the things of God so that people might be saved. Let me warn you, before you pray that, if God gives you that heart, that means everything's His. You know what will change our nation? God's people getting the same heart as the Apostle Paul had. Father, I pray that you would use your word.